0: This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. I am Paul Jamieson here in the ATL. Welcome to Atlanta, as Ludacris says. I'm excited today. I want to share uh, something I've really been contemplating and uh, dwelling on lately, and that is Really being flexible in our life to be able to adjust, pivot, transition, and uh, specifically in today's episode, I want to dig into our businesses. How we want to be more like Netflix, (laughs) less like Blockbuster. If you remember, some of y'all are younger, but uh, when I was growing up, we had these stores. It was called Blockbuster. They were, I think, it was like blue and yellow logo, and uh, you would go in there and get your VHSs. Um, We we didn't have DVDs when I was a kid. We had uh, these. Big old things you'd stick in there and you'd watch Home Alone or whatever movie you'd want to rent at uh, Blackbuster. And then, I mean, technology just shifted dramatically when we uh, started having DVDs and Blockbuster, you know, then began to sell the, um, I think they were called VHS, whatever it's called, these big old things that you'd put in the tape player, VCRs, whatever. I don't even remember the name of them, but uh, they were gigantic. And then they, you know, switch over and you got DVDs. Well, then, you know, when Blockbuster was just gigantic and they were just running the show. And then here comes little old Netflix and, you know, Blockbuster was, you know, probably arrogant. You know, who are these guys? No worries. Whatever. We got this. And, you know, here comes Netflix with their little niche of um, just they had everything all niched down and they, you know, would sell these DVDs out, of, you know, at the uh, CVS or Walgreens or whatever. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. Now, Blockbuster is out of business. I remember in 2009, I was actually um, at Blockbuster when they were going out of business, and I bought some of their shelves because <laughs> they were just selling. Uh, they were they were going broke, and so they were selling all their um, stocking shelves and stuff. And um, you know, Netflix is um, dominating the market at the moment, and so it's just a good reminder. And there's, I mean, there's countless stories uh, like Netflix versus Blockbuster. There's there's countless stories where you saw the big mighty guy. I mean, David and Goliath, that story. But you, you got the big giant who ah oh, was too big to fail and then the underdog who you know has this focus comes in and uh, pulls off the upset. And so I just want to be in my business. I want to make sure that I'm always learning and always adjusting and pivoting and transitioning when necessary. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about um, in today's show. Now, there's been several uh, transitions, and I want to talk a little bit about my business today. Normally, when I have guests on the show, I try to scale back you know, talking about my business too much, and I, you know, I want to really dig into their story and uh, really learn as much as I can. Uh, part of my vision for this podcast is I made a commitment. I said, when I started, I said, I'm going to make 100 episodes to the best of my ability, and then at the 100-episode mark, I'll, I'll evaluate how things go in and and, uh, you know, make adjustments, if if you will, uh, just like I'm sharing today. And so I'm I'm focused to just make the best episodes that I can and bring on guests like I want to just learn as much as I can, and it's been awesome um, having – I mean, Naylor Taliaferro was my first guest. He was actually here in the studio, and just all the folks I've gotten to interview since then with, you know, Caleb Allman and Brian's Lawn Maintenance and Brian Ring, and the list goes on and on. There's just – there's been a lot of cool episodes that I've learned from so far – and, uh, you know, the next 70 or so until we get to the 100 mark, I want to just get the best of the best people on and uh, learn as much as I can from them. So with that being said, when I have guests on the show, I don't want to waste the air time, not waste, it's not wasteful, but I want to let them talk as much as I can and ask, you know, the most precise questions to try to draw, you know, the most wisdom and knowledge into the conversation. And so uh, every now and again, I like to ride solo, though, just so I don't, you know, I can just be myself and share about my business, um, uninterruptedly. So today I want to talk about some of these, uh, adjustments and pivots and transitions that I've made. And it's cause I've learned from others. And, uh, one of them is actually storing a credit card on file. Now, how I'm, how I'm late to the game on this. I don't know really what I was thinking, but, uh, Brian ring and uh John Pajack are two friends of mine. And, they, I think they went to service autopilot with Jonathan Potashnik, who I'm going to get him on the show. I met him at the GIE rally and uh, he said he'd be on the show. Um, and uh, I've just uh, got to uh, follow up with him and uh, get it scheduled. But they were, um, they came back from this event and they were uh, all fired up. And then, um, I know Blake Albertson recently, B&B Long Care, who's going to be on the show. Um, I got to uh, Blake's been a busy man getting married and everything, but we're definitely going to get old. Blake on the show and I might get his wife Natalie on the show as well well long story short between all of Blake you know Blake and John Pajak and Brian Ring they're all kind of sharing and then Jonathan Potashnik they're all kind of sharing about you know um, credit card on file and uh, Jonathan Potashnik from the service autopilot and uh, I'm just name dropping all these names here because Naylor (laughs) Naylor and uh, Brian Topnotch they all interviewed him too and he was um, basically saying what Transformed his business was having a credit card on file. And I thought to myself, well, this guy is really sharp. I'm really impressed with um, Jonathan Potashnik, and um, he has a lawn care company outside of Dallas, Texas, that kind of automates itself and runs. And he's just, you know, um, gives more of his time to the service autopilot. And we'll talk more with his story uh, when he's on the show. But for him to say that, it carried a lot of weight with me because he's a, he's a very smart man. He's um, also known as the lawn care millionaire. Um, some of y'all might know him uh, that way. And so I thought, well, you know what, if he's talking this highly about having a credit card on file, then I should probably look into it. And so I reached out to um, John Pajak, who I knew was a big Yard Books user. And uh, this show's not hashtags, not sponsored, uh, uh, Yardbox. Yardbooks, part of me, isn't paying me to say anything about the product or anything like that but um John was saying yeah man I take a credit card on file through yardbooks and so he's like it's free the free version and then there's an upgraded premium version but he's like just try out the free version and I'll help you and so Payjack's been help you know help me get it set up and it's it's been a game changer for me I'm like why did I wait till 2019 to get credit card on file so what I did and I had everything real smooth my my lawn care customers would leave me a check. I mean, I had it with each person. Some of them would mail me the check or their bank would mail me the check or they'd leave it under the mat on the first of the month. Or I mean, I, would all, I didn't have a problem with really um, getting paid. It was just, I have to, now I have so many less trips to the bank and it's just really convenient. And so what I did is I emailed all my customers and for some of you are just rolling your eyes like, yeah, bro, I've been doing this for three years. Well, I just learned this and it's been awesome. But uh, I have a credit card on file now. So I, so I emailed them, my customers. I got all my customers' email address. I emailed them individually and they would put their credit card on file. And then I just automated on the first of every month. I charged them what their monthly rate is. And then I've been doing some of these um, landscape installs. And then I just tell the customer, I said, hey, when we're done, I'm just gonna charge your card on file and it's gonna send you an invoice. And so before we walk off the property, bam, I just go in there, make an invoice, charge their card and it's a, it's over with. And so I'm like, man, this is just, it's so peaceful. Now we do, I do have to be mindful when I'm quoting the job of the, I think it's 3.5% that um, is a credit card processing fee. And so that's new, you know, territory when I'm quoting uh, future jobs, I'm going to um, include that in my rate um, so that I'm not, you know, losing 3.5% to these credit card companies. But um, other than that, it's been really uh, streamlined. And so I share that as an example, not to sound like a hero or Superman, like, oh, wow, well, I'm, you know, I'm awesome. But the story is I was open to making a change because I respect the lawn care millionaire, uh, Jonathan Potashnik. And when I heard him say, yeah, you know, having credit card on files really um, changed our business because. Now the cash flow, they weren't behind the month. And this is a multi-million dollar revenue company. Um, but they had the money, you know, in a timely, reliable fashion. And so it was cool on, on the first of the month. You know, I just boom, 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 boom. Charge the customers their monthly rate. And then these last landscapes installs, just bam. I just charge the card on file. It emails them a receipt and um, it's smooth sailing. So that's just one little simple Uh, adjustment that I've made. But it just really um, challenges me. What else can I learn from other people? And I'm constantly I mean, Caleb Allman, I had him on the show. And uh, if that's been by far my most downloaded episode, Uh, Brian's law maintenance is in second place at the moment. But um, Caleb Allman just crushed it. There's that that has so many downloads because people uh, love Caleb's wisdom. And he shared on that episode, he shared about how to vet your customers. And I'll definitely get Caleb back on the show. But I was just Snapchatting with him yesterday and uh, just talking about really, really, really taking serious, um, knowing our numbers, which is, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We talk about that on almost every episode, knowing our numbers, but really calculating um, every job, what? how many hours we're spending on those jobs and really getting really meticulous with this because Caleb shared, and he's been doing this for years, but the last three years, he's kind of had a breakthrough in his business when they've really honed in on their hourly rate and and um, and do the analysis after a job of how many hours did we spend on the job? You know, what was all the job cost and break it down to how much did we make per man per hour? Was it $70? Was it, you know, on a bad job, he would only get, you know, 45 or 50. Um, and, and so just really uh, fine tuning this. And so I've been um, really on these latest jobs, really just timing in, you know, exactly what time we arrived on the property, how long we worked for, how many guys were there. I mean, no, dotting my I's, crossing my T's, knowing exactly how much time is going into these jobs. So then I can calculate, okay, I bought the material for this price, this is what the customer paid me, and um, here's our profit. Here's how many hours we worked. Here's what I made per man per hour, and uh, really having those numbers. And so as we learn to adjust and pivot and transition, it, it shouldn't be just all willy-nilly like, oh, well, I'm going to go with the flow and do this or that or other, but really making wise adjustments and pivots and um, transitions based off of you know data. And, and based off of strategy and based off of uh, knowing our numbers. And so that's been something that I've really been uh, trying to fine tune in my business going into this year. And where those numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with all this, where those numbers have really taken me is I made a gigantic transition um, in my business in 2019, so from 2011 to 2018, I was pretty much doing lawn care, and I started getting into a little bit of fertilizer. And as I'm talking about um, really knowing your numbers, I have an awesome friend who is going to um, be on the show soon. Uh, his name's Rich, and you know he'd sit down with me, and we'd go over my um, bank accounts and my profit and loss statements, and all kind of. Um, analysis from the data that I would keep about, you know, when I would clock in at a, uh, a customer's house and leave and over the course of 52 weeks, what those averages was. And I just had all this data and I just had all this information. And as we really analyzed the numbers and looked at everything, I realized where I wasn't making good money and where I was making good money. And after all that analysis, after all that um, data and after really uh, getting good counsel um, from my friend Rich and just just myself just kind of um, thumbing through and really um, looking at the numbers. And John Pajak um, up in Indiana, he helped me too. I realized the fertilizer I wasn't doing good with um, because, and I know I have friends that are crushing it in the fertilizer game. I mean, they, they just do, I have uh, two guys that have come to my mind Um, They just only do fertilizer and they make such good profit margins and uh, they're doing great. And then I got uh, um, some other friends that do fertilizer and other stuff. But uh, so I know people are crushing it in fertilizer and the profit margins and, um, uh, you know, putting down pre-emergent and and the um, fertilizer and that whole thing is um, just awesome. And uh, hopefully I'll get my buddy Russell Skipper on the show. He um, who is now what I ended up doing. Long story short, I called up Russell and uh, I asked him if he could take care of all my properties because what was happening, I was, I was putting down pre-emergent and then I'd get some poa año weed. So I have to go out and buy something specific to kill the poa año And then I would get dove's weed coming in. I have to go buy something specific to get the dove's weed coming in. And then I'd have to go buy nuts edge and, you know, um, something to kill the, the nuts edge. And then it was just, it was getting so difficult for me when I, by the time I bought all this supplies, to kill these weeds. I wasn't charging my customer for it because it was, it was a long, it was a long story short. It was, it was eating me alive. And so one um, adjustment that I had to make is I just stopped doing fertilizer and weed control altogether. Russell does an amazing job. So his company comes to all my properties, which these are my, my uh, customers are very nice properties. They're million dollar homes in the nicest neighborhoods in Atlanta. I mean, a lot of these guys, or in the NFL, or, you know, business executives, I just have a really niche market of uh, rich people. I mean, that's, that's who I serve. That's, that's uh, been my business plan. And they, they want their yard perfect. I mean, weed free, perfect. And so it's just been a win win, because Russell's team comes, and uh, they just make it look really nice, uh, weed free. And uh, I just have him take care of all of it. Instead of me trying to offered that service. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about fertilizer. If I wanted to make, start a fertilizer company, and I mean, with the right volume and the right expertise, I mean, those profit margins are glorious. And uh, I know Russell's doing well, and a lot of my other friends are doing well, uh, who do fertilizer. But for me, in my business, I just knew it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't worth the money that I was spending on buying all of my stuff. And putting it all out, and then worrying about oh man, there's a weed over there. And, you know, it just it was too much of a headache. Now I show up at my properties. Russell, um, they do such a perfect job. I mean, the yards are—you can't find the weed in the grass. It's just—it's perfect, and uh, it, it's reduced stress in my life, um, and it's opened up the ability um, and, and opportunities for me to spend time um, making money in my other um, areas. So that also led me in all my analysis of my business. I was realizing. I make so much more money doing enhancements than I do in lawn care maintenance and enhancements. I mean, sod. Um, We got a four pallet sod installation. We're starting tomorrow morning. And then flowers, seasonal flowers here in Georgia. um, You know, my rich customers in the fall, they want, you know, 15, 10, 20 flats um, of, you know pansies and then in the spring you know they want begonias um you know 10 15 20 flats again in the spring um and I, I make real you know i make pretty good money on those flowers and on mulch installations and pine straw installations and of course plants um i have been going to the nursery and i uh, just trying to learn every plant i can and you know what does good in the shade what does good in the sun and Um, when my customers, you know, want a a landscape install, I mean, sometimes we'll go and we'll take out everything they have and then start from scratch. I just take pictures of all their beds and, uh, my friend Martin who runs the nursery, I just show him all the pictures and bam, he just, he's really helped educate me and show me, okay, let's, let's go with some knockout roses there. Let's go some azaleas there. You know, let's go some rhododendron there. Let's go with, I mean, I've just really been over time learning what works well with color contrast, with sunlight, and uh I make really good profit margins on um I- installing plants. I mean, um some companies market up 2.5, some I've been I market up usually three. Um so if I spend a thousand dollars on plants, charge three thousand dollars to the customer and um sometimes even a little bit more depending on the um you know what we gotta take out if there's stuff to take out and and all of that. So long story short, through analyzing the numbers, I realized. Okay, if I'm going to do good in lawn care, I'm going to have to make my volume increase, my efficiency increase, and really fine-tune everything. Um, but I realized I'm, I'm, I'm already doing pretty well with landscape installs and enhancements. And so what I've done going into 2019 is I've scaled back my lawn care, which used to usually take me four to five days a week to get through all the maintenances. And I dropped well over 50% of my customers' Um, probably about 65% of my customers, I dropped um, at the beginning of this year. And I've really um, honed in on only doing lawn care maintenance two days a week. And uh, they're for my best customers that are um, low stress, low maintenance. um, And these are just very pristine properties that we have, you know, profit on the um, maintenance. And uh, the reason I didn't shut it down altogether is because those lawn care maintenance, like those specific customers that I kept, we do their weekly maintenance, um, but they also have us do their flowers each year, um, their mulch or pine straw um, refilled, any, I mean, they have us do, you know, more than just the lawn care maintenance. So over the course of the year, um, we get plenty of revenue and profit from each of those customers. And the other main reason is in these, I work in three high-end country clubs and the word of mouth referrals carry so much weight. I mean, just this past week, one of the Atlanta Falcons wives talked to the other Atlanta Falcons wives, and then bam, we you know, um, we did uh, a, a job. I picked up a new customer for, um, you know, it's big money with the Falcons. It went awesome. We did an awesome job for them and made good money, and and uh, have them as a as a steady customer. Now we do their weekly lawn care maintenance and then um, other stuff for them throughout the year, and so. I've strategically stayed two days a week doing long care maintenance because it keeps my trucks visible in these in these specific neighborhoods that I want to be working in every day. Um, but the big uh, transition that I made is, and I'm gonna always, 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 I never want to be blockbuster ever. I want to be, you know, the Netflix, um, while they were in their prime. I mean, I guess Netflix still is in their prime, but I want to have that innovative, creative. Um, edge at all times. And when we get complacent, when we get set in our ways, oh, well, I've always taken checks and I'll only take checks. Um, I mean, that was kind of how I was until this year. And I got credit card on file and I'm like, what in the world? Why didn't I do this sooner? And uh, I'm kind of having the same experience with the la- the um, landscape enhancements because I'm just running the numbers. I'm like, man, I'm doing so much better doing these enhancements. And don't misunderstand me. I have friends who have these lawn care maintenance empires um, that have high volume and have um, uh, really everything so fine-tuned and efficient. And they make plenty of money. I mean, they make, I have one friend that's, you know, in six figures, personal income, The revenue of his company does a lot more than that, but he pays himself six figures a year uh, doing, doing mow edge and blow. And um, you can, you can do it. Um, Jason Creole, just came out with a good video of how you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year in lawn care. Um check that out on YouTube. We had Jason on the show uh not too long ago. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to say uh speak negatively about lawn care. It's just in my business, as I look at my numbers and I've been blessed over the last several years to break into these country clubs where the you know, the CEOs and the celebrities, I mean, Ric Flair, I see Ric Flair. I don't know who you all know wrestling. Woo. Ric Flair. I mean, I've seen Ric Flair almost, you know, not every day, but I see him all the time and just, Hey, what's up, man. And, um, you know, a lot of these star athletes for the Atlanta Falcons are my customers. And, and honestly, they're my friends over, over time. I'm not taking pictures with them and acting all, you know, I, I just, I have my philosophy and I'll probably do a whole episode one day on how to, um, talk to rich and famous people because, um, one thing I've always done is I've kept it really professional and I never ask oh can I get your autograph or a picture or anything stupid like that I just I'm just really friendly with these people and give them the best possible service I make their yards look perfect and uh, I mean in return they do take me to the games I was popping champagne with the Falcons you know in the um, locker room and in the parking garage after they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago it was, it was incredible I mean the I would um actually drive the defensive coordinator home after the games um And uh, it was, I was, it was an incredible experience that some of my customers have, um, blessed me with, but I I say that to say that I'm in, in my personal business, I'm in these big money neighborhoods where it's just million dollar homes. And, you know, every, I mean, these people have money to spend. And so because of that, I realized I'm going to make more money, um, doing installs and renovations and, you know, taking out a bunch of beds and putting, planting new beds or, you know, redoing the sod and, um, making sure the flowers and, and pine straw and mulch are filled up, perfect. Uh, you know, year round, everything, everything's pristine and everything's perfect. And so, and I enjoy doing that. I, I really enjoy um, these landscape installations. And like I said, I'm trying to keep everything open-handed and always be adjusting, always be pivoting. And when there needs to be a transition, whether it's from just taking cash and check to now taking a credit card, or from uh, you know, for all these years I did lawn care and fertilizer. And now, three days a week, I'm doing landscape enhancements, landscape installations. That's three days a week, and only two days a week, I'm doing lawn care maintenance. And I mean, I've really shook that down. I've, like I said, over sixty. Probably, probably I haven't done the math um, recently, but I would say probably sixty-five to seventy percent of my customers from last year gone. I mean, that was a major decision, but I made that transition carefully with a lot of counsel from people who are. I mean. My friend Rich has worked for um, Brickman for another you know company that does over 16 million a year here in Atlanta, and now he you know he's he's back. He runs his own company, and so he has a lot of wisdom. And and, and you know, hearing it from him, and uh, hearing it from guys like Caleb Allman and and Brian Ring and these guys I respect. You know, I just I've really had to make an adjustment in my business of of making the transition. This this year we're doing two days a week lawn care. Three, D, three days a week landscape enhancements. And who knows um, what I'll do next year. I'm really, my goal for 2019 is to really have the data on how am I doing with flowers? How am I doing with mulch? How am I doing with pine straw? How am I doing with sod? How am I doing with planting? How am I doing with my lawn care? And what, you know, going into 2020, what needs to be better? Should I niche down all the way and just go all in on one of them? And I, you know, I'm leaving out stuff like that. We do core aerations, of course. Um, I just did a whole bunch of those last week and got more coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And so just really fine tuning my data and my, and then analyzing how I'm doing all the, all these and, and being open. I mean, who knows one day, maybe I'll only do sod installations or I'll only do, um, you know, one specific thing and really be in the niches. And, and I'm definitely open to learning hardscaping, uh, you know, Caleb Baldwin's got that awesome DVD out there. He sent me one of the, um, how to install pavers and, you know, one of the, always be learning, always be adjusting, always be pivoting. And, and folks, I'm just, I'm just trying to warn us. I'm not saying do what I'm doing because in your part of the country, the climate's different. The neighbor, you know, your clientele might be different for some people doing high volume lawn care, really efficient is the way to go. For some people it might be just, you know, niche down and just doing, um, lawn care, eight, eight apps a year. Um, and lawn care pardon me and lawn fertilization um that could be the way to go and you know a fert company and for some people it's i mean caleb almond crushing it up there he's doing storm drainage um and pavers and, and he's got everything niched down um in there and i'm you know i have a friend um who is just crushing it right now with landscape installs they, they only do 100 percent landscape installs um they're georgia certified landscape professional and and just uh one of the top landscapers here in atlanta and they're i mean they're just they're just crushing it, absolutely crushing it. And so I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm constantly trying to adjust. I'm constantly trying to pivot. And I don't want to be the blockbuster. I don't, I don't want to just be set in my ways. I want to always be learning and uh, adjusting. And that's my vision for this show is I want to bring people on. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Like As I'm interviewing people, I'm trying to learn. What's everything you know, and if we just combine together our our wisdom, we can learn from one another. Iron sharpens iron, and that's my goal for this podcast. I love. I'm a consumer of podcasts. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. Um, I listen to the Dave Ramsey show pretty much every day, where he talks about um, getting out of debt and building wealth. Because I I always want to be reminded of, you know, how to be a good steward of uh, my finances. Um, Occasionally, I'll check in with Gary V's podcast of of what, you know, his pulse is on social media and where's people, where people's attention um, is at. I, I listen to, um, sometimes I listen to Ken Coleman about, you know, finding the career uh, that you love because you guys know I love broadcasting. I'm, uh, you know, I do a radio show here in Atlanta and um, this podcast, I'm launching a new podcast uh, for the Cleveland Browns here coming up. I'll, I'll give you the details of that when it's live um, about NFL football. And so I just... Um, I'm constantly learning. I mean, audiobooks, I'm, I am I love, um, you know, just listening to audiobooks and uh, trying to learn. And I listen to several, several other more podcasts. And uh, maybe I'll do a whole episode on that one day of audiobooks and podcasts that I recommend. But as a content creator, I'm trying my best. I, w- I want this podcast to be the best it can possibly be that people just listen to it. And they're just blessed. I mean, especially when we have 100 episodes in to have that archive where people can just Binge listen for hours while you're out mowing or installing or whatever you're doing. I mean, I have people on the treadmill shooting me, uh, a, a, you know, saying, Hey, I'm listening to your podcast on the treadmill. I was like, Man, I, I'm honored. I'm like, I like to listen to some, like, you know, um, good music to get my veins well, you know, get me get the juices flowing while I'm working out. Um, but uh, hey, I, I mean, I, I was honored. I'm like, Thanks for listening to me on the treadmill there. Uh, I've been doing good, boys, too. I've been uh, in the gym. Um, trying to eat healthy and uh, work out and uh, feeling really good uh, that way. So, well, thanks for listening to the show. I could uh, talk for hours, but uh, the day is, I I got a lot planned uh, for today. So I better uh, draw to a conclusion here. I'll tell you what, thank you for everyone who's been um, dropping these reviews in iTunes. Uh, Let me read a couple of these real quick. Um, Mr. Producer, did you write those down? No? Okay, well, I'll just pull it up right here. Let's see, the last couple ones, uh, Mindy L. Ballou, Mindy L. Blue, um says, just came across the podcast while mowing, I used to listen to music but was getting bored with it, so download the podcast app and came across this one, keeps me entertained and the day goes by much more quickly, highly recommend the podcast, uh, I really appreciate that one, let's get one more in here, Miguel on the go, my guy, can't express enough how cool it is listening to this podcast, it makes me happy no knowing everyone has their uh, bad days and good days. So no, we we uh, love making these shows, and I appreciate you guys dropping those reviews in iTunes. Um, really helps when you leave a rating, when you just drop a couple sentences like um, those reviews I just read. It really helps out with the show. So if you could um, drop me a review, a rating in iTunes, I surely appreciate it. And uh, we'll have more podcasts coming soon. Thanks for listening.